We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, friends. Welcome to Pod Maverick. This is Pod Maverick's group therapy. We don't get to have any fun on this show, apparently. The Mavericks only lose in painful, upsetting fashion, which is what we're all here to complain about. Now, you might notice, for those of you who are tuning in live, we're a bit later than we ought to have been for a game that started at 6.30 p.m., but the problem was my co-host was on for our normal podcast after dark, uh, was really heated and wrote an incredible recap, which I really recommend you pop over to Mavs Moneyball and read that bad boy tonight. Uh, he was really channeling his inner Kirk Henderson and just raged. <sighs> it was, you know, this was just a really upsetting game, uh, mainly because of the result. The game itself was actually a lot of fun. Back and forth between two very flawed teams. Without Andrew Wiggins, the Warriors are just not the same. But uh, it was a game where Luka Doncic returned uh, and and Jaden Hardy absolutely popped off. Probably one of the most fun rookie Dallas Mavericks games I can remember uh, going back to the the mid-2000s with Marquise Daniels and Josh Howard popping off, uh, you know, barring all Luka games, of course, but even Dennis Smith didn't have games that felt as fun as this because Dennis played with a lot of volume. Um, Just disappointing, and the Mavericks are under 500. They basically have a three-game trip up ahead where they play uh, Charlotte twice and the Pacers once, and they simply cannot afford to lose. They simply cannot afford to lose any more games that that are in the winnable category. I mean, the Warriors just won their ninth road game. This was one the Mavericks should have won. There's really no other way around that. But instead, I, I worry we're going to talk about a call or a, a sit, the, the late, I don't know, was it third quarter situation involving the Warriors getting basically a free bucket because the Dallas Mavericks weren't paying attention. Uh, apparently, the Mavericks are protesting that call, which is just the biggest Karen energy. I, I You know, if you have 35 assistant coaches and players and people in the arena, when you see a bunch of guys lined up getting ready to inbound the ball, you'd think any of them would maybe go in and guard or protest or do something in game. But apparently that's just too much to ask for. Um, I'm sure a lot of people really do want to talk about the refs. If you want to get off that take, understand I'm going to let you. I personally don't agree, though. The Mavericks shot 10 more free throws. Luka missed four. You know, the Mavericks had so many opportunities to win this game, and they just didn't take them. 
Um, they got beat pretty soundly in most elements of the game, but because they outshot the Warriors from three, they had a chance and they should have won it. And I just, I fear this team is not very good. (laughs) Okay. Coming up first then is my man, Chris. Hey, Chris, what's going on? Hey, so this morning I woke up, didn't have a Mavs ticket. I'm like, you know what? I want to go. Luca's going to play. We're like four, like I said, like four hours away. I'm like, I know, I know Luca's going to play tonight. I, I didn't have a ticket, dude. I'm like driving like three hours into the drive. Something pops up because I haven't seen any standard price tickets. I, I got one in section 118. Like, awesome. Okay. Luca's going to play. Great. It was actually a freaking great game besides, you know, all the ref stuff. And I had a great time. I was like so upset. It, like, yeah, I love I mean, sports it, where it's tense and you give a shit. This was fun. Yeah, it, yeah, because no team really got above like eight. I mean, I think we were winning by eight points one time, and same same with the Warriors in the third quarter. That was maddening because when we gave up that bucket, I said to the person next to me, I'm "Like, look, we're, we're watch, we're going to end up losing by two, and that's just going to suck." What happens? We lose by two. It's that's just one little thing right there. But still, there was the out getting out rebounded. Is Looney and Kaminga were just putting. Powell and Maxi in the torture chamber, just like rebounds and just these guys are like saloon doors. I mean, there's just the open way to the basket. It, it's very frustrating. We didn't fix it. We have JaVale McGee on the bench and he's unplayable. It's, it's, it's the same freaking problems over yeah. and over. Getting killed by the team that killed you in the playoffs the same way they killed you in the playoffs is painful. Yes. And every second chance, every time they get uh, another team gets a rebound or all those turnovers, it's almost guaranteed that we get a three knockdown on us. It, yeah, it, it sucks because Luca had a great game. It was like 30-something points, 17 assists. You know, if, <laughs> if you want to, like, like, we could really dissect elements of Luca's game six ways from Sunday, but if you want to talk about the highlight, that was Luca as an artist with passes. Some of the shit he did tonight was unreal. 17 helpers. And only five turnovers. You know, it helps when guys are knocking down shots. Obviously, Hardy really benefited in a real way. But there was one pass to start the third quarter that I think he whipped it to Josh Green in the quarter in the corner that went yeah. through four Warriors. It was it was like a teleportation. It was incredible. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm loving what I'm seeing from Jaden Hardy. I know I know the season is a disappointment. We might not even make the playoffs, but I mean, I think we will. I think we're going to at least get in the plan and. I'm just like, okay, ninth can see, and then if you lose it out, then hopefully we'll be in that spot where the odds will be where we'll get our pick. We'll keep our pick, I guess. Yeah. Um, I just, I just don't want to. This is just frustrating. I, I just, I want us to make the playoffs because I want to go to another game. So. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. Yeah, but I, I don't really have much else to say. It, it really was a fun game to go to. It was very frustrating and all, but you know, still, it's still fun to go and. You know, hopefully, hopefully we can catch some Mavs games uh, in the playoffs. So, all, all right, right so. man. Talk soon. Thanks for hanging out. All right. Yes, sir. All right. All right. Um, let's go to John next. John, it's been a while since you hung out with us. How you doing? Pull up. All right. Can you hear me? I can. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me up. Hey, so I just wanted to point out that uh, at the end of the first. When they put up that stat, like, oh, hey, Warriors are like 0-20 when they're like losing after the first quarter. Uh, I, I feel like 
so many people, so many maps standing. We're like, oh no, why'd you have to do that to it's us? Painful. It's like, don't jinx, uh, don't, don't. It's like the old reverse jinx. Like, look, we're really, uh, no. The Mavericks are the team where streaks go to die in the good and the bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, other than that, the, the, like, obviously, Hardy was awesome, right? So that was fun to watch. Um, I mean, I'm just happy that, you know, kid kind of let him run. And then he had that moment in the fourth when he, like, hit a couple threes and he brought us back in it. And, and that was really cool to see. I mean, it's just cool to see him really like taking strides towards the end of the season. So, you know, I guess that's the silver lining. I agree. I think there's a lot of kid criticism, which is legitimate. But one thing that I think we do have to praise him for is the plan that they've had to bring Hardy along. Um, I said around game 35 to 40, I remember thinking like, if you divide the season into 20 game quarters, if you need Hardy and you're playing him more in the third and fourth quarters of the season, so the final 40 games, and he's he's taking steps. That's about the most you could hope for for a guy who's drafted 37th. I know everybody wanted him to play earlier, but I've got to give the Mavericks credit for putting him in situations where he could thrive. Now, if you're a person who thinks that he could have could, could have thrived earlier with more chances, I get it. I do, but set you know progress is not linear. And and the like tonight was just a, it's a really great feel good game. If you know, I just really wish they would have won. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Or, or just like what I think is like when, when they had the moment at the end of the third, you know, the whole inbound situation, and the and the Lakers scored. I wish J Kid would have like gone off and just gotten a tech or, or thrown out or something, right? I just wanted. I wish I could see like some emotion from him on the sideline instead of like around like he's still trying to learn English as like a second language out there. I don't know. I just, this, I just, I'm just so tired of his like straight face looks. Right. I just, I get it. He could get mad at the refs or do something to like spur on the team and like, you know, try to motivate them. That'd be great. Tyler, Tyler in the chat wants to know praising kid for DMPing Hardy and games. We could have, we lost where we could have used him. What the fuck? I hear you, man, but I'm talking in like in big picture terms. Obviously, I would have liked to have seen Hardy more in some of these games where they failed more recently, but I'm talking over the 82 game stretch. It cannot be properly stated. You need to go watch this guy's G League highlights from last year. He was a train wreck. That's why he fell. He was a top 10 pick at one point, you know, heading into before the year even started. But the fact that, that they've managed to rebuild his, his confidence is huge. I mean, he looks like a confident player. It's good that we're clamoring for him to play, okay? That we need him is kind of unfortunate, but it's good that, that he's come along to the point to where now everybody can kind of say, with hindsight, hey, I was right about Hardy all along, you know, if you're one of those guys. But, you know, it, it, it's a silver lining from that very frustrating <laughs> game. Yeah, and, and I'll say tonight, even I saw some, like, you know, times when he got out on the fast breaker or some things where he's making better decisions. Like, at the beginning of the season when he would get in there, he would try to, like, you know, he would he would try to go hard at the basket or, or take it in fast breaks and, you know, have some turnovers. And he's making smarter decisions. And I think, you know, without the way we brought him along, he wouldn't be, be in the situation that he is. So, sure. anyway, uh, that's all I got. Thanks. Thanks, Kirk. Sure, John. Thanks for coming up. Okay. Let's go to my man, Iwan, who is probably pissed that he's up. Hey, what's going on? Just here having an adult beverage. 
Yeah, man, I had a few drinks myself. I'm here in Florida with the kids for a little bit, so. And you're still calling you know, in. Um, this, my friends, is what we call a loyal, <laughs> loyal guest. What's going on? Yeah, I'm not going to really, you know, kill on J-Kid. You know, I've been doing it all year. I mean, some of these games, like, you know, it's, it's a lack of talent. And it's just, I mean, I guess he tries his best with the lineups that he put out there. You know, we could go back to, you know, the games early in the season where we felt he didn't have the correct lineup to get those wins, you know, those small margins. But now as the season is, you know, winding down, it's kind of like, I mean, what is it else is there really for him to do? You know, it's, yeah. it's like, what can you do with Dwight Powell? Um, constantly just tipping out the ball every time, you know, it's like, we can't, you know, tell him what lineup to start. I mean, I personally would just want Will Maxi to start. So, in that aspect of you kind of like surrendering, like the first six minutes, like pretty much saying that, hey, we're going to be out rebounded. We may be outscored those first six minutes because of yeah. how, you know, lineup you have going, you know, and Maxi don't have no legs. So it's kind of like. It's who are they going to play? I mean, that's really what it comes back to. I mean, would Maxi yeah. and Powell, I think, combine for 11 boards? Yeah, it's it's just crazy. It's just it's like we've said it in plenty of you know mass party or therapy. It's just those second chance rebounds always leads to like an open three or it just always works out for the other team. It's just never it just always works out for the other team. But um, you know, back to the last call I said in regards to Jake at least showing some emotion on the sideline. It's like you know, get fired up. Even if it may not be for your players, at least get the crowd more into it. You know, get the crowd riled up. Something, you know, so sure. rebounding working out. Let's get, you know, the crowd going. But um my last thing is like, you know, Luca's back, he looked pretty good. You know, his his legs probably not fully on him yet, especially that since that's where the injury was. But I just feel like you can see that Hardy, Luca, and Kyrie, of course. And maybe Tim Hardaway Jr. sometimes. Like, those guys are not scared of the moment. Definitely. I mean, you can see that Hardy's not scared of the moment, you know? And, I think that's true. And, like, how you feel, like, in the fourth quarter, like, we know that Luke is going to get doubled every time. And, and as this game showed, it showed that Hardy, of course, was ready for whatever presented itself towards him. And it's either making a play or, you know, getting a shot up. Yeah. And just, like, the other guys aren't fully ready for that moment. Like, I don't know what it's going to take or at the end of the season. It's kind of like these situations have been pretty much every game. Luka gets doubled in the fourth. Other guys have to make plays. And it's like, Christian will call the ball to the free throw line and he froze. Like, that was terrible. <laughs> That's It's so unfortunate that happened because he had played such a good game. He was one of the reasons why they were still hanging around. And for him to just, just totally free. I mean, he froze. I that was yeah. extremely disappointing to me because it, it, it's going to be the thing I remember from the game about him instead of some of the good shot making that he had. Yeah, because even like the possession before that, he had like a crazy, you know, he gathers and puts it up. He made that bucket. I was like, oh, no, but he made it. I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. okay, that was pretty good. And then, you know, then you give Luca the ball a few seconds left. And he got to force it up. And then Alex bad on Luca. It's like, well, so the Luca shot that he got, I mean, you know, you had to corral a tough pass. But at least it wasn't a step back. I mean, Luca's probably kicking himself for missing the shot that he did because he offensively fouled Draymond. They didn't call it, and then he just misses the shot after it. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, 
I mean, entertainment wise, it was a good, it was a, it was a fun game to watch. And like, I mean, can't blame the refs because we have a lot of more free throws and stuff like that. But it's just the the blatant calls that they see and don't make. That's what frustrates me the most. Like, well, the you know, one, so so the one that that everybody's real mad about the the weird call, the the reversing who had possession. What led to that reversing of possession was friggin' Kevon Looney horse collar tackling Luca. I mean, that was exactly. like. Normally, I kind of, I kind of be like, all right, Luca, quit flopping, because I, you know, I think he did later in the game when Draymond Green kind of elbowed him on a on a box out. But like that that horse collar thing, that mm-hmm. looked like a horse collar in football, where everybody gets upset because it's like all it's like really shocking. Yeah, and the one where he got elbowed in the face by Looney when he's going for the rebound and he had a bloody yeah. lip, the ref is like right there, like just make the call. Yeah. I mean, everything else is like, you know, kind of evens itself out. But those ones that stand out the most, especially when the ref is right there, mm-hmm. those are the ones that get you, you know, robbed up. And it's still a point where it feels like the way Luca was so mad after he got pulled back, he's like, he's going to swing on the ref. I'm like, don't do that. <laughs> well, it's just, this is years of stuff, like working against him. That's the part that I hate. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We have some bad luck. It's like anything that will go bad will go bad against us. It's just... Yeah. I don't know what it is, but hey, hopefully Kyrie circle back and we can, you know, have two guys being able to do their thing. But it's like Hardy should get playing time going forward, no matter what, right now because he's. I kind think of that's play. true. Yeah. All right. Till next one. Hopefully it's a win. Thanks so much for hanging out. Talk soon. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Hey, coming up next. Ooh, we got more people joining the show. That's great. We'll try to get to everybody. Micah, what's going on, man? Getting to you early for once instead of at the end of the show. Mike has a second to find that unmute button since he has a magical ability to mute himself um, after he is already unmuted. It's my it's my favorite my favorite thing with my guy Micah. All right, Mike, I think it's because you're exiting and entering the show when you're kind of switching between apps. That'll that'll probably be the uh, the big one. Um, oh, I got I got a special guest. I got a special guest. We got Theo Theo Austin. Uh, Pinson, my guy. What's going on, Austin? How you doing? Got to find that unmute button. This is this is a good looking avatar. Just look at that smile, man. Pull yourself out of the chat and find the unmute button at the bottom of the app, Austin. That will probably be the the best way. I, I feel like I was on a Zoom call at work trying to look at the unmute button. It's okay. How you doing, buddy? I don't know if you've ever I'm joined us. Good, you guys, you guys should know Austin. He used to be at Mavs Moneyball, but now he writes for I think Dime, and then he also joins Tim Cato. On the hilariously named 77 Minutes. Oh, man. I, I, I love to be a part of the worst named podcast. Oh, it makes Tim upset every time life. we talk about it, and that's always good. Oh, yeah. S- same. It makes me <laughs> upset. You, you know what, Kirk? I, 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 have, I have some takes to get yes. after this game. Some takes that I, that I, I don't want to get up on the other podcast because I, I feel like they're a little too spicy. That's good because let me tell you, this is, uh, this is the perfect place for this. Jason Gallagher did it the other night. And so of our podcast metrics, they go down during losses, and then the live shows are also less listened to than the recap. So this is only for the true Maverick sickos. So, so you're, you're great for it. So let's, let's get off some spice. Uh, he, he's, he's been my son for five years. I, I, I love him as a person and I, I, I think he's a great basketball player, but I, I have 
grown very tired of Luka Doncic in the last few months. I, I, I've had a lot of gripes about the way that he's played basketball in the last few months. And <laughs> one of the funny things about the Kyrie trade is that as much as, I mean, everyone has their, you know, qualms about Kyrie off the court and that are very founded and very valid. But as a basketball player, I've really enjoyed watching Kyrie play for the Mavericks and the way that he plays basketball. And it's honestly highlighted a few of the ways that I wish that Luka played. And it's been a, it's been a drag to watch him. Can, can I ask you, ask, outside of the, the Philadelphia game, When's the last time you had a lot of fun watching Luca play basketball? I mean, I would say his passing tonight was really, really fun to watch. But, like, game as a whole where it's like, oh, it would have to be the 60-point game. I mean, it, it goes that far back. Because the Mavericks haven't – they haven't won many yeah, games since. If we're- no. Yeah, it's it's been like three or four months since it was like really fun to watch Luca. And it's not that it doesn't mean Luca is bad or like a terrible player, but he's just I think he doesn't handle adversity very well. When things are going bad, he's not the person that you look to when things are going badly. And his attitude and his kind of demeanor and the way that he plays makes you feel worse in a game. And I think that's where they really miss Brunson. And 100%. Like it's Because I think both of them would have attempted to at least walk him off. Like, this is almost like year two where – or was it year three where, where Berea wasn't around, where there's there's simply nobody around to tell him to cut. The- yeah. Like, there there have been a lot of them like, bro, just please shut up and please keep playing. Like, I, I – and there's really no – Kyrie can't really do that. He's only played with Luka for, I don't know, four weeks – and there's no one else on the team that's good enough now. And that is like, honestly, Brunson was that guy. And now that he's gone, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of a tough watch. It's been a tough watch with Luca for a few months now. And I, I don't know. It's, he's, he's a great basketball player, but it is funny that, you know, that they've been three and one and honestly should have been four and oh in the games that Kyrie played and Luca yeah. did it. And it's not that they're better without Luca. It's just that he needs to adjust his play. And he also needs to, you know, get, get in shape and be ready to play basketball games. I think he just – he needs to grow as a leader. Yeah. The court, no, think. and Derek, Derek in the chat says this isn't on Luca. Come on. And it's like, what? that's not what you're saying. You're saying that Luca over the past several months has not been particularly jo- – like, I enjoy individual moments. But the things which are which are holding the Mavericks back just so happen some of them happen to be the same things that are holding Luca back. Like I, you just can't talk yes, this absolutely. much to the refs. It doesn't matter if he's yeah, right, and, and it affects everybody. Yeah, exactly. There were there were honestly there were a lot of times tonight. I think he got ref quarters yeah. tonight. I thought he got a bad yeah. whistle and he got a lot of bad calls. But like you can't let that affect the way that you play the game. And it's honestly even affected the way that, like, I look at Kid because a lot of times we're like, oh, there's this issue with Kid, especially with, like, the late game situations. And I'm like, a lot of the things that they do in a basketball game are because Luka wants it that way. Like, yeah. I don't think people really understand how much that Luka dictates the way they play basketball and the rotations and the plays that they're running and how they play. Like, yeah. it's, oh, it's yeah. a, a lot of it is on him. And, and because I think so highly of him, I – I hold him to just a higher standard. I'm like, I think you you can be a top 15 player of all time. 
And if he's not playing that way, then I'm just, just going to judge him that level. They also can't defend the rim to save their lives. Which I mean, that, and, like, those two things, like, go – it's, like, it's a chicken or the egg problem because the rim stuff is so frustrating. It makes Luca doing some of these peripheral things much more annoying – and then Luca being annoying makes the rim defense feel that much worse. Like it really is just such a shitty situation because it it goes back to just the team building where they they don't have options. I mean, it's really awful. They don't. Yeah, and it's like I I understand the the kid criticisms, but I also just like I don't know what lineup he's supposed to play that plays defense. I think he's he's tried all of them. Like I don't know if there's a lineup out there that. <laughs> That can defend. Well, the I mean, they don't make point. single rotations. That's like the debate. Like Ro- Robbie oh. Calland, who uh, is a writer at Up Rocks and an avid gambler, but sports. He I basically said, like, you I make know. one pass against the Mavericks and you're open, and like that's true because every single person gets put into rotation, it and it's. I they just have a lot of work to do. I, I still tend to agree with our buddy Josh's point that if you have two superstars. Everything else should be more straightforward. I don't necessarily mean easier, but, but straightforward. But that said, it's just like, God, they, they couldn't defend a chair right now. They, they, they can't. And those are – you can't trust a team that can't get stops. Like, their team last year could get stops, and that's what made them so enjoyable. That, like, I'm a special of the game. You know that they, they could at least be where they were supposed to be and get stops. They just can't get well, I feel right like really, I, tell me if you think I'm wrong here. I, I I feel like that's where kids a bit of a one trick pony because playing hard is not a defensive strategy. And the Mavericks were so ground down last year by the end, and like I just don't think Reggie Bullock is ever going to be the same. I mean, he played like 700 minutes in the playoffs. Him and him and Dorian both. And so when they try to do anything like that this year, they just don't they don't have the horses, and it exacerbates. You know, like if we're bitching about Luca, it exacerbates something he's not really able to do, and and that's not on him. That's a that's a team yeah. design flaw. As much as you would like to have more from him, yeah, and it's like they they have Josh Green now, but it's it's still not enough. And even Dorian, to an extent, they oh, really Dorian ran was him terrible. To the like Max we're quite like we're all bitching like, oh, we want Dorian back. Dorian was ass. We traded Dorian on a high note. Yeah, Dor- Dorian wasn't very good defensively. Even like I love those guys. Even Maxi right now doesn't look Woo! the way that he looked last year. Like today, he was not great defensively, and I think he still can get there. He's working back from a very terrible sure. injury. But he's, he he does the Maxi thing where he always does. Like tonight, he auto rotated the ball. He didn't even look at the rim. He's like, I'm just gonna pass this. It, yeah, and and honestly, it was the first time kids subbed him out in a crunch time situation and let Wood play. Which uh, kudos to kid to actually letting Wood play in a crunch time situation because that called for it today. But they they've run out of guys, and it's it's honestly Nico's going to have to sign guys this this offseason. They're going to have to they have to do a lot of turnover with their roster because they don't they don't have the horses to do. I think kid's scheme is actually a good scheme, and we saw that it works. And I actually kind of believe, and I kind of I like the way that he plays defense. But they don't have the guys to do it anymore. They they just do not have the well. You can't off. play like. You cannot play a scramble defense with with Dwight and a drop coverage with Wood. You, you those two things yeah. are incompatible over time because it just allows to okay. Well, this guy's in as the as as the primary rim rim protector. We're just going to go at the rim. 
oh, this guy's playing drop that we know that Wood's playing drop, go at him. He can't stop you. And that's why they shot 27 of 32 or 27 of 33, whatever it was. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're basically at where they were with Carlisle, except yeah. now they don't have Chris Stapps. Like, they would actually, <laughs> it's funny. They would actually be in a better place. Well, I mean, your, your, your colleague over there, you know, Mike Pellucci, I think he has probably the best team building take on the Mavericks in the sense of they are two years behind the prevailing strategy on how to build a good defense or offense or whatever. And it just, it becomes very clear because the Mavericks have all these single use. Yeah, it's, they, they have a lot of team building to do, but I, it's funny though, that they, I, I, they hadn't really played a game with a healthy Luca and a healthy Kyrie at the same time. And I don't know if they were going to get to I think to, that's right. I, think I mean, L- Luca, the fact yeah. that when Draymond stepped on his ankle tonight, oh, it was an accident, but he still stepped on Luca's ankle tonight. I was like, come fucking on. Can we please get, yeah, it's- <laughs> it was so maddening. Yeah, and so it's 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 a it's a maddening team, and now they're gonna play like the Hornets and the Pacers for three straight games, and I'm sure they might win three games in a row, and everyone's just gonna be like in a great mood. But this team is it's, it's a funky team. I, I cannot remember a Mavs team quite like this in the time that I've watched the Mavs. It is it's maddening. They they literally it's a team with no ceiling and no floor. Yeah, they, literally anything can happen. To any if if they won a playing game and they beat the Grizzlies in the first round and went to the second round. Would it be surprised if they missed the playoffs and got a top 10 pick? I also would not be surprised. Yeah. Well, what, did you have any other spicy takes you want to fire off? Um, only that my Jane Hardy stock is, is you know, I'm, I might retire now off of my Jane Hardy. Well, and I was Green mad stock. at you when you made a Roddy comparison <laughs> last game. This was actually a Roddy Bobois-like game. Like, that was – Six made threes is is not nothing. He he was really outstanding tonight. This was was probably, it, you know, he has games with more points, but this was easily his most impactful. I thought this was his best game. And honestly, there was a stretch where kid didn't play him, and I thought that was honestly correct because he he played badly for a few str- a few games. I was like, oh, he's a he's a rookie, but this they needed him to play well today, and he he like basically matched Kyrie's output for a game. I mean, he was good down the stretch. He got a big block. I I felt bad that they didn't win the game because that was a great game from their rookie. That's yeah, probably the best. I would have much non- rather talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that's the best non-Luka game from a rookie that they've had since the Roddy 44 game. I think that's right. And then before that, like, it's got to be like Marquise Daniels, Josh Howard territory, maybe maybe Devin Harris. It's It's been a long time. Yeah. So so it's it's, it's great that they had. They, they looked out. They got a good rookie. Um, but they got a lot of things to figure out. It's, right. uh, it's, it's, it's not looking great. <laughs> well, my man, I got somehow more and more people want to talk, which means I'm either pissing them off or someone else. So, so I'm going to bring on some more folks. Thank you so much for coming up. Absolutely. All right. Talk soon. Okay. Let's go to Micah again. We'll see if Micah's chat will function this time. Micah. One, two, three. Give Micah a second here. Nope. Okay. All right. Brent, what do you got for us tonight, buddy? You said this was the uh, take our medicine year. How much Robitussin is left in that bottle, Kirk? Yep. Yep. It, it hurts. 36 and 37? Pretty painful after 73 games. Yeah, and it's... 
it's painful because we're watching a team play and we see these glimpses, these flashes of something that if it could just coalesce, uh, there are elements of the team that are good enough or, or more than good enough. You know, we're looking losses we shouldn't have had, um, collapses that swing the team up into the standings where we, you know, probably thought they would be. And it's it's tough to get those games back in a way. This was another one of those games. This should have been a win, I think. I think that's true. I certainly think that's true. But this should have been a win category. How many of those we got this year? 15? Yeah, it's crazy. And it didn't feel that way last year at all. Last year, there were more of those, how did they pull that out of their ass kind of wins yeah. instead of how did they piss it away? Well, the, the real, the difference, and, and Istok Franco posted about this today where he's just like, man, the Mavs bad injury luck continues. After Tim Hardaway got hurt against the Golden State Warriors, I want to say it was like January 28th, 29th, the Mavericks ran a seven and a half man unit for the rest of the year. And the only guy who missed significant time, I think was Maxi up until Luca got hurt against the Spurs. And that's just going to happen some years. It, it, the injury bug is, is not, you know, it's, it's not anything the Mavericks are doing wrong. I mean, the fact that with Luca's style of play, he's just, you know, he's, he's a, he's Derrick Henry. Some games he's just going to look super banged up and, and that's part of part of basketball. And they've just, you know, Kidd has had to play guys more minutes than he wanted to. I mean, Kyrie Irving alluded to that after the New Orleans loss where he played 41 minutes and then missed three games. It's very it's, – it's just – it's really unfortunate. And I, I think they're going to look back at the season. And, yeah, it might have been a take-your-medicine season. But if they won four more games, they'd be in a different place. And I think we wouldn't – I think that's right. Uh, I also think that – you can pin a lot of this, and a lot of people do when they talk about uh, Brunson and, and that whole thing, but the moves, out of probably somebody better than Goran Dragic, they needed to make a move in the offseason or at the trade deadline to get a veteran third ball handler, a Mike Conley type, that could have taken the pressure off of the starting backcourt, whether that was Luka and Dinwiddie or Luka and Kyrie Irving, because right now you're still stuck with two guys that you trust from a, from a distribution standpoint and no other contending team or fringe contending team really only has two. Ours just happened to be elite. Oh, didn't hit the me. So yeah. the other Keep thing going. I wanted to, yeah, I just wanted to mention, you know, um, Wood had this deer in the headlights moment and you were absolutely right to call it out because if you guys hadn't earlier, I was going to, I was glad to see him get more minutes, but I think there's something that we might be undervaluing or underappreciating is the freelance nature of, we don't call it hero ball. We do call it Luca ball or Kyrie ball, but it is essentially, you know, uh, high screen and roll, ISO heavy, kick to the corners kind of offense. And that's fine. If that's what you want to run 80% of the time, 90% of the time, but you've got to have a change-up off your fastball. And Kid has never implemented something that would give these guys much less give the defense something else to think about. What a novel concept. But give these guys something to do other than to be scared and nervous. Because Yeah, but how much of that is on Kid? I kick the shit out of Kid. And if you take the ball out of Luca's hands, Luca's got to do something other than go stand and put his hands on his knees. Well, I'm not even talking about taking the ball out of Luca's hands. I'm talking about motion. When 
when Wood catches the ball on the high post, I'm going to have to go back and look at this play, and I might be wrong, but I think we had guys in the corners and no movement on the floor. And the defense was pretty well set. So Wood's options there were to either make a bad pass, dribble and risk, uh, you know, getting doubled himself, or maybe drive to the basket. It just, it didn't feel like there was he anything obvious. To, he did not want to drive to the basket. And like, the, the, no. the scared money doesn't make money axiom no. is sitting in my head because he yes. did not want the moment. And I just, I'm honestly shocked because this is a guy who has looked so Sometimes he looks like absent of the situation where he doesn't really know the weight of what's going on. And that, that can really benefit you and cause there's, yes. there's less pressure, but just to watch him tonight where he just, he went from probably being just one of the, that's just the play that I'm going to remember from him from this game. And I hate that because he was good. He was, but you're almost like making my point for me in a way, because we're talking about the last minute of the game. We're talking about the last meaningful possession on which the outcome of the game can turn and wood thrives in 11 minutes to go in the game you know uh, four minutes left to go in the third it's just another possession and so the pressure isn't the same i think he would have benefited and the team would have benefited in that moment whether he was past the ball or not to, to have the change up off the fastball to have something that is a set play that puts guys in motion that isn't just stand in the corner and hope that you get past the ball because whoever does have the ball with, yeah. with three or four of our other players standing around is, unless you're a super, one of the two superstars and can create, when it's the middle of the game, you probably can improvise, but it's too much of an improvisational offense with, and this is why our out of bounds plays has sucked, into the game has sucked so bad because. I don't know if it was just Igor that had made it look better last year, but Kid has had all season to implement those one-off possession sort of situations where the defense is going to be more set, more focused, more dug in than it usually is. Sure. And and we don't have anything to, uh, in terms of a scripted catch-them-off-guard maneuver where we have guys in motion – because when you tell five players to do a certain thing that the other team might not be well scouted on, I have a lot more confidence than that. Yes, the ball's going to be out of Luca's hands. But that's what's so difficult is Luca has to go along with this. He has to buy in. That's what makes Curry such an impossible guard is because the guy just runs around without the ball and does things to get the ball. And, Luca just hasn't shown interest in that. His off-ball situations are, I'm going to post up at the 15-foot mark. You know, occasionally. Go and when even, I'm just saying, Kirk, it, it extends to when Luca has the ball based sure, on what we've seen all year. And maybe guess. for multiple years, it is guys standing. And, and you can tell, based on where the ball is, they have assignments as to whether they're supposed to be in the corner. That's oh, true. the ball went to the now I move to the 45. I was, oh, now I got to go back to the corner from the 45. Don't you think defenses know that shit as yeah. opposed to the motion stuff that the Warriors run or the really good out of bounds plays that Carlisle had? Are you telling me that kids just incapable of implementing that and incapable of realizing that's a deficiency and he can't hire a coordinator in the offseason? to replace Igor so we have somebody who specializes in that stuff and implements it, or he doesn't believe in it at all and is this obtuse. 
because we're uh, the Mavericks are a very easily scouted and defended team in out of bounds plays and last possession plays when they can dig their heels in. And it's just mind-numbing to watch essentially the same thing happen over and over. And there was this variation tonight where Christian Wood got the ball based on the clock, and he's like, oh, God. And, I mean, no, and they're, they're watching him. They're like, hey, what are you going to do? And normally when we're looking at Luca and we're saying, what are you going to do, nobody freaks out. Tonight, it's like, okay, Christian Wood, what are you going to do with 30 seconds left? Yeah. I, I just wish he would have taken there's, it. There's more to basketball than that, man. Wish, there's, I, there's more possible for this team. I just wish he would have taken it at the rim. I, I just, I do. I get it. Draymond's a good defender. Draymond's also 6'5". You're 6'11". Like, just go score over him. That's true. I don't know. Yeah. Well, what else you got for us, Brent? Anything else? I'll let somebody else talk, man. Have a good night. Appreciate it. Talk soon. That's Brent of MavsMoneyBall.com. He wrote a piece, which you can probably find halfway down the P. Page, it was about kind of, you know, we as fans want Jason Kidd to care as much as we do, and we're not necessarily seeing that. All right, guys, I am tired, but we got six of you left. I'm bringing on next uh, my man Sean, who just had hot take the shit out of the chat with Luka Doncic as a power forward, not a point guard, and he gets to come up here and defend that as well as talk about whatever else he wants. Sean, talk to me. What's going on? I mean, yeah. I mean, he's... I mean, he's basically not. He's six eight. He's not the most athletic guy in the world. He can't run around all game. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, this roster kind of dictates that he has to be the point guard, and and that's the problem. I mean, you really can't expect Luca to carry this team, which has basically no ball handlers. And that's where I'm going, kind of going with this is uh, Luca has to be the point guard because there's since day one. I mean, he's literally had no else to go to. I mean, he had he had Brunson, which basically wasn't developed enough to play in the NBA at that point. Uh, you know, he wasn't a passer. He didn't have so the freedom. Pretty to, much had to be that guy. He didn't have the freedom. I mean, he didn't have the freedom, but we already know that you know Brunson's not going to pass. Luke is the best passer. That's why he was given you know that op- kind of that opportunity to do that. But at the end of the day, I mean, I mean, I've been saying this since since day one. If you give Luke at the point guard level, he can't get around a defender when it actually matters. A lot of the guys in our team really just can't score or get to the basket when people are defending, which is they aren't athletic enough, which is why, you know, honestly, I mean, I mean, I don't know the stat perfectly. I'd probably set, you know, try to, you know, uh, look at stat muse and figure this out, but I'm sure it won't tell you, but we're probably last in the league at, you know, points of the paint. It's just, you aren't athletic. Well, we don't have enough guys. I, I I think when you're describing athleticism, what you're really thinking about is like guys that are dynamic with the ball, like being able to do something other than catch and shoot or like receive a layup at the rim from Luca. And that has certainly been the case this year. Last year, I thought they had a nice three-headed beast going between Brunson and, and Dinwiddie and Luca, kind of doing different things while playing the same position. I, you know, Luca did come into the league when he was at Real Madrid. He was not the point guard as much, but it, as he developed his left hand, he, he really, I mean, he, he, I, I understand what you're talking about where the Mavericks might be able to figure out more with Luca and off ball situations but they, they really, you know, Kyrie and Luca, I think, have played together like four times. 
we haven't really gotten to see a ton of, of those two together to make like a good determination of, of like, they clearly fit. So I don't want to say they don't fit because the offense is like unbelievable when they're on the floor together, but we've not gotten a chance to see them do a lot of interesting basketball things together. Um, so, I mean, I can understand this take. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I, I get where you're coming from. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's, he's definitely not like the stereotypical point guard that can, you know, get around defenders easily, get to the rim, create separation at the rim. You, you don't got to get around people uh, if you can go through them. I mean, he, to me, he's basketball. He, to me, he's yeah. like basketball Rob Gronkowski, where you, you get within 10 yards of the end zone, you're throwing it to, to him because it doesn't fucking matter what's around him. Well, what I'm saying is kind of like, okay, so, like, you know, you know, sort of typical point guard can do this every play for a game. I mean, Luca's not going to be able to do that. You, we're kind of expecting way too much. From well, this I, I think you know? there's, like, the expectations around him are, dip, are, are, are certainly an argument. I will say that the team has been built to a certain way in no small part. Exactly. Of, that's that's kind of what I'm saying here. But, you know, but saying th- like, this is happening. You should have other options. He, he can't do this for a whole season. He well, that's true, but they also did it because he wanted them to. Like I, I, I well, well, I mean, like, why are we saying this? You don't know what he wants them to do. I mean, you're, I mean, you're not. In it. <laughs> I mean, they're, I, they're I, literally, they're literally doing it just because we don't have any other options. That's the only reason. Well, yeah, but Gore, like, if if Luka Doncic wanted Goran Dragic, for example, they would have signed him. He didn't voice his thoughts. Well, like, I mean, if Luka wanted the ball all the time, then why would they want to upset Luka by signing someone like Kyrie? Because halfway through the season, he scoring six. He had he had in, a, in the Mavericks seven game win streak. Luca averaged like forty four points a game, and they were barely beating the worst teams league. Like at certain point, like you build a team the way that he has inclinations towards. Where it's like, all right, we're going to run everything yeah. through you, but then you can't win I don't, I don't, because of that. Yeah. I, I really don't buy that. Luca's running this team, and Luca. I mean, wants that, the ball that's nice. Time, I know man. it. Like so, if you don't buy it, that I I, I appreciate that that opinion, but I'm telling you, I mean, uh, there, so, <laughs> I'm telling you, there's a coach or someone with a game plan around here somewhere that's uh, drawing this stuff up. You know, what I'm saying, wow. Like, so you're watching this team, and that's what you get away from it. That that no, no, get... no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that <laughs> he's not actually you know drawing a game plan, but that's exactly what no. I'm but it's like they're you they're know, catering but... to him too much. Exactly, exactly. I mean. You could easily draw play once or a while, you know, to create some separation, create some space somewhere. I mean, that's not going on. It's just, you know, like, you know, uh, 20 IQ plays. Give it to Luca. Let's go. But but anyway, I'm done. That's all I got. Well, thank you, Sean. Appreciate you hanging out. All right. Still got a few more. Raul, you've been waiting a while. I'm going to get to everybody because uh, we're, we're feeling spicy tonight. What's going on? Hey, Kirk, can you hear me? I can. Okay, so my, this, there's a lot of things to say about the maps tonight, but I'm just going to try to stick two points. One is, you know, I know you mentioned Hardy and Kid playing him at the best times, but, like, he should literally been playing since game one of the season. Um, he's been going off, uh, his first game. I've seen him at the blue-white scrimmage, and I know that's not an indicator of how you're going to do in the season because Jibba McGee looked like Shaq that game. But... <laughs> I remember that. That was a good one. <laughs> but, yeah, but 
but Hart, like Hardy, like he he looked special, and you know he was averaging like thirty some points in the in the G League uh, with the Texas Legends. So I'm like, it's just that's just one of one of Kid's many uh, examples of, of like what is he doing? Not playing like Hardy even more. Um, and the second point is just like like yeah, like so many people around Dallas nowadays are just kind of giving up on the Mavs with this losing streak. Like I'm a diehard. I'm gonna keep watching them. I watch, you know, I watch the Mavs all season. I watch other NBA teams. I watch college basketball. I'm a huge basketball fan, and so I'm not giving up on the Mavs. I'm, it's like really hard to watch them now. It is, and it's only gonna getting... get harder with this Bally stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's it's just super like it's it's literally the most stressful part of my day now. Like instead of being like a like a thing to come come after work and relax to you, like nice. Super stressful, but like a lot of people, you know, with kids coaching and other things, like with the team losing overall, they just, I just feel like a lot of people aren't willing to watch the Mavs now. I, I think there's something to that because there's a lot of sports options in the city, and the Mavericks are. I mean, the NBA kind of has a watchability problem as a whole. Feels like the regular season doesn't matter as much. Um, and then the Mavericks to a, to a degree played like that. Um, and, and it's, it's sort of a lot of teams. So it's, it's a little bit, it's so, it's so disappointing because expectations really do lead to people being nuts. And I, I cannot say that, that I am immune from that, but you know, you go to the Western conference finals and to have a season like this, that has been so, I, I disappointing, I think is fair, right? What, what, what do you think? Yeah, I think the hopes were high because I remember at this point last year, um, you where I watched the maps, you know, you had a, like a small crowd, and then when they hit the playoffs, like obviously the crowd grew, and that expectation uh, ran throughout the beginning of the season, and like now it's like nobody, like nobody, I'll go watch the game out with people, and there's not as many people there, so I think you know the expectation grew during the playoffs. They stayed high during the early part of the season, even during football season. But like now, people are like kind of jumping off and trying to find other things to do yeah. or, or watch. No, it's 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 it's. There's not a lot of momentum as they as they crawl towards like what feels like a play-in. So, well, thank you for yeah, and, for waiting. What else do you got for us? Uh, more. I mean, just to finish off on this, like, yeah, like you know, I, I knew we weren't gonna have the same team as last year just because. Lost in Brunson, and then after the trade, you know, losing DFS, which he wasn't at the same this season as last season, but you know, uh, Kyrie's an upgrade, but um, yeah, I just didn't expect to be this far down in, in the standings. I was hoping like maybe top six, top five with the wide open West, maybe try to push for the at least the West. Yeah, no, it's uh. It's it's this is this has been tough, but that's why we talk to one another and hopefully get through it as weird fans together. Ralph, thanks so much for hanging out. All right, talk soon. Do Carlos, my man. Hey, how's it going, Kirk? It's going. Welcome to the show. What's going on? Uh, I just want to say that this po- this particular session feels like a poor. Sp- post-mortem on the season people feel like maybe we should rag on kid maybe you should rag on 
Luca. Luca came back and he isn't playing at the level that we expect him to. Maybe he's not a pure point guard, et cetera, et cetera. But like, maybe we should take a step back and say, we're facing the team that beat us in the Western Conference Finals. Even though they haven't played great on the road this year, they're still a good team. The Mavericks still scored 125 points in regulation. They still had a good offense. They weren't bad. And if we look at the the highlights of the game, we can say that they they saw a lot of good out of Jaden Hardy. We saw a lot of good out of the big rotation, even though they didn't rebound well. We saw some scoring out of some of them. We saw some rebounding out of the others, and we saw so-so rim protection out of I don't know who. I don't know how to defend that point, but that's okay. Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> someone, uh, our, our man in the chat, Ryan, just noted the the forever famous Jason Kidd line: "No one died." Um, <laughs> that's kind of what I take away. I mean, there were some fun stuff. I like Josh Green was was like chaotically active in a fun way. You know, Wood had some things going. Luca was, you know, for for as much as we he got seventeen, 17 assists. assists. Like, holy shit, that was great. So. I know. I mean, it's not the end of the world. They lost to a good team. They, they didn't lay down and die. And I know that everybody just brushed over the fact that, like, the protests over the misapplication of the rule at the end of the third quarter was just a showboating thing. But it, it was the thing that it impacted the players and impacted the team at the time. I went to the game tonight, and it, it just felt like everybody quit playing. After the rule, the ball was ruled in the Warriors' favor. Nobody even guarded the inbound, and everybody just agreed that, like, we got screwed by the refs. And that obviously had an effect on the players at that point in time. It felt like there were a lot of different factors, and they still didn't give up. So, I don't know. I I just feel like saying Luca's not a pure point guard and kid is the worst coach of all time is not really warranted after today's close loss to a really good team. No, I mean, it has been you know, bad. it was, it, the, the Mavericks were, they are, I think the overarching thing, if I keep coming back to it, is just this team got to the Western conference finals. They identified one of the problems in the Western conference finals, and that was rebounding. And then they proceeded to not get anyone that could help with rebounding. <laughs> So it's just it's it's their their path for victory is so narrow. Um, I still think like they win these next three games and like uh, the Western Conference even tonight. The, nobody got, there's no separation. A three game win streak could put the Mavericks in like the fifth seed. It's preposterous. There's there's still some hope. It just sucks. Yeah. Well, nobody's dying. That's right. Really died tonight, so <laughs> there we are. That's all I have to say. I feel like everybody feels like this is the end of the world, so that's all I had to add tonight. Appreciate you, Carlos. Thanks, Thanks for waiting to talk. All right. Let's go to my guy, Josh, who probably also wants to, to give us some hope because he's a beacon of light in this grumpy podcast. What's going on, Josh? I don't know about that. I thought Carlos... <laughs>
I thought Carlos provided all the all the hope, light, and and beacons in dark. Sure. Um, I don't know if I feel that way, Kirk. Um, so first of all, I watched the game at a bar and didn't really even notice what had happened in the third quarter because there was no sound. So I didn't really notice what happened. But I do I do have a question, but before I ask you this question, because maybe it's it's always interesting, you know, like when you watch like, for instance, like closely contested boxing fights, right? And then when you go and then you rewatch a fight without the sound, you know, so you're not um, affected by the by the commentators, the fight tends to look different. And if you were scoring rounds, you would judge it differently. And this is something that I had heard, and then I tried it a couple times, and it's true. So maybe that's partially why I didn't notice that, but. But not to digress on that, which I've already done. Um, you're welcome. Uh, basically, I thought that I read the recap before I got on. And so I think Josh is right. The defense was so utterly embarrassing that the guy who was sitting next to me who doesn't really watch the Mavericks was just like, man, are they just like – like, did they, they've never practiced defense, you know, like that's kind of like how it reads to people um, as if they've never, ever practiced defense. It's pretty nuts from an outside view, but I disagreed with Josh's take. Um, you know, uh, actually now I forget what I disagreed with uh, because that was a while ago, but my question, I guess was, I was more befuddled by the end of the game. Um, I know the game was pretty much in hand for the Warriors, um, but we were down three points. Why, why, like, why was the inbound, why, why did you throw the pass? Why was Luca under the basket when we were down by three, by three? Let me see here, because I want to go look at this again, just to make sure that I'm not crazy, because I'm remembering element of the fourth quarter, so the Mavericks were down. Christian Wood, minute 16, makes it a 123-122 to game. The Mavericks are down by two. Steph Curry waltzes into a uh, a (laughs) two-point shot with eight seconds left. The Mavericks get called timeout, advance it to half court, and they get a play for uh, Luca kind of right at the rim. Uh, I, I think the hope there was to honestly just throw off what the expectations were. Cause I mean, how, like, we know the Mavericks, they have a inbounds play at the end of games, the Luca three point shot, uh, step back from the left wing. And so at the rim, you know, if the pass would have been a little bit more on point, I think there's a reasonable chance of Luca getting an and one. Uh, instead, he had to catch it, gather, and then he goes into Draymond and doesn't get a foul call, nor should he have gotten one. Draymond was playing straight up and down. Um, I, I think it was a little bit of that, just hoping. I don't know if the Mavericks had any additional timeouts at that point because maybe the – yeah, no, they did have one. They had one full timeout. So um, I, I think my the hope potentially could have been to uh, make a uh, 
to basically make it a free throw shooting contest. You know, they fouled Kevon Looney. Yeah, but it was but it was three, but it was literally correct me if I'm wrong, but it was three point seven. When when Looney shot seconds. that, yeah, I mean, because it, it like kid at eight point one seconds, they get a shot off at three point two seconds when Luca misses the layup, and then they. So it's, a, I mean, I don't have a good answer. Yeah. I don't know what the hell kid does half the time. I'm just trying to think. It's like it, <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was like, what are you doing, man? Like, like just look if it's scripted, then just get the three because we've hit a lot of seemingly unwinnable threes, um, in recent games and lucas hit a bunch of them so that was surprising but now i remember what i disagreed with on, sure uh with josh bow because i love josh bow by the way i'm i'm a i'm a, actually a really big fan and i love when are we talking does. from his recap because he wrote like a billion words in that recap it's my favorite yeah no what i disagreed was is that i'm sorry but this game and maybe it was different because, like I said, I was watching without the sound. But this game, the Mavericks fucking got hosed by the refs this game. I don't – and I'm not even including the thing that happened in the third quarter. Because, like I told you, I didn't even – I didn't even pick up on it somehow. I knew that shit was weird, but I didn't really pick up on exactly what happened. But watching the game, they were – Luca was getting just battered. He did. He got um, hit a lot. I agree with that. And it's like, and it's like, and I was watching the game, like, to also see, you know, like, hey, is the, our Golden State also just not getting the same calls? And to be honest, it was wildly lopsided. And that's why when I read the, like, when I read ESPN and it said, oh, Cubans protesting, I didn't realize what he was protesting because I was so upset that I was like, yeah, I protest this game as a whole because the it was just it was literally like and when Luca and that's interesting because when Luca made that like finger where he's rubbing his fingers together, I to hate that. that. Hated that. I know you. I know you hate that. But I'm telling you that as somebody who was watching the game without the sound in a bar with a bunch of other people also watching it near me, I was like, dude, no. They wanted, I was just like, they want the Warriors to be high-seated in the playoffs. I mean, Literally, that's what I thought. I know that's a little ridiculous, and I don't know I if I'm no, saying no, I understand. it wholeheartedly, but it was grotesque. Well, I there, really there thought the Mavs got hosed. Well, there are a couple of incidents which really stand out that were bad no-calls. The, the play where the Warriors scored the two points on that inbounds. What had happened before that was Luca got horse collar tackled by Kavon Looney from behind. That one was probably yes. the single most egregious no call in the game. That one is, is, is that was real bad. I'm not going to lie. But if you'll remember earlier, it was later in the game, Josh Green ran into Kaminga on a rebound, which led to a Jaden Hardy three, like absolutely slammed into him from behind, knocked the ball out, whatever. There were like the Warriors actually had three more personal fouls than the Mavericks. The Mavericks kind of got away with some stuff. Now I understand why that why there are elements of this that that frustrated. The refs did not have a good game. That that much is is kind of up for that is not up for debate at all. The the refs didn't have a good game. But I'll just say that when the Mavericks shoot ten more free throws and Luca misses four by himself, there's an element of this where you just don't want that to be the defining reason. 
because the Mavericks had some opportunities. Like there was an overturned charge against Draymond Green that became a personal foul yes. where the Mavericks hit a three after that, that I thought was a charge. Like Lucas slammed into him and he was not in, you know, I understand why they overturned. It's like a bang, bang call, like things like that. When you go through and you start analyzing all this stuff, it just can't be the one reason. It can't be the thing that separates it. It's it, no, you're, that's you're what, right. That's they what were, I kind of settled. They were literally, they, it, I couldn't agree with Josh more on the fact that the Mavericks were so pathetic on defense. And when I was listening to the chat earlier and listening to y'all talking, I mean, it's like, dude, you're right. Like you have to build defense and it's through trust and, and just energy is not going to be enough, but also like just willing. If you just will yourself to as a team to refuse that the other team can score, you can go a long way with that. And God, it was, it's been so pathetic and this game was so pathetic. And I know golden States, a tough match for that, but God, it was pathetic. I mean, I was just yeah. like, it makes me watch the game and want to punch somebody. You know, well, I'm like, I'm I'm like, under, I do understand dude, that because it, it, what the hell is wrong with y'all? Like, just refuse them. And I know you can't do it all the time, and I know you'll foul too much. But at a certain point, sometimes you just gotta fucking also just be like, "Nah, I'm gonna foul y'all, and we're gonna put a a stop here." But yeah, it, it, it also Carlos was right that it's a close game against a team that's really been surging. And now they're trying to prove a point to win some road games. And what better team to prove the point against <laughs> than the team you beat in the playoffs last year. So yeah. I get that and that's fine. And it just sucks that the Mavericks have been in this hole. And also I'll leave with this because I know you got more people and it's late as hell and you should have already been going to sleep. But I'll say this. I'll say that the Mavericks just, I don't know, man. Uh, I like the Mavericks with Kyrie and the team, and I like the Mavericks with Luke and the team. But I really don't like watching Kyrie and Luca both on the floor at the same time. I do not find it to be attractive basketball. We've not so seen maybe, enough of it, though. We've only seen like four I games. Know. I know, and they've and and they haven't gotten a rhythm. But this is also a recurrent theme through Kyrie's entire fucking career: is that you never catch a rhythm with Kyrie, whether it's for his own fault or injury fault. There's never cohesion with Kyrie because he's never on the floor enough. And regardless of if this is that case right now, I don't know if I care if this is that case right now. I'm yeah. just saying that it's a fact that they're that they're losing together, and it's a fact for me at least that the brand of basketball is less attractive than Luca with the rest of the team and Kyrie with the rest of the team. So I would just be like, "Fuck it, just stagger their minutes and let them both run the team, and then you constantly have an alpha on the floor." Um, but you know, I guess you can't do that because the kind of like marquee type thing, which is more for marketing is to have the two guys on the floor at the same time. But really 
it's not an attractive brand of basketball when they're both on the floor together. Well, they don't run enough actions together yet. And and the funny part was LeBron and Kyrie never did either, but they still mowed teams down. And that's basically what what the Mavericks have done too. But Josh, thank you so much for staying up late with us. Yeah. Yeah, hell yeah, Kirk. Um, I'll be stopping in Dallas. I'll send you a text. Uh, go Mavs. All right, talk soon. Brandon, and then Sam, then we're going to go to bed. Thanks for waiting, Brandon. What do you got? Man, good listen to your, your callers. I mean, the, the crowd tonight, Kirk, they you're feeling pretty passionate. Everybody's like, you know, that's a, that's a tough one to swallow. Like, I'm glad I did this not immediately after the game. I was so fired up, but by the time we came in here, I'm kind of tired. Right on. Yeah, I see this game took a lot of – it put a lot of energy in a lot of people and took a lot of energy out of a lot of people. Um, but just real quick off of, you know, kind of picking up off what the pass caller said, um, they're both ball dominant, but um, I guess uh, I would hope that they would get some type of production kind of like when, you know, Bradley Bill and John Wall, John Wall were together. They were both, you know, kind of offensive guys that, you know, they didn't really get along, you know, personally, but on the court, you know, they kind of, you know, had good, you know what I'm saying, good chemistry. So I would hope to get that out of Luca and Kyrie. But, you know, who knows? Like you said, it's only four games, so who knows? But um, Kyrie is such an intelligent basketball player. You know, people kind of say that about, you know, him and KD. And I remember uh, one time in the playoffs when I think he hit 50 or KD hit 50. So, um, you know, uh, good players know how to adjust. Um, and just, you know, kind of on the season, I mean, it's bad, but, you know, thinking back on, you know, kind of some of the, the past, some of the worst seasons, like Dirk's rookie year, it was that bad. Was I mean, bad. they had nothing but old dudes. I mean, they had Robert Pack. Well, you remember the, what they the Dallas Morning News would do, right? You're old enough. Like, you're, you're you're old like me. You remember what the Dallas Morning News would do during Rook's, Dirk's rookie year? They would put side-by-sides of him and Paul Pierce's box scores. Oh, God, yes. Man. I remember um, – um, God, I – that starting lineup was bad. Was, that lineup was playing was really like bad. small forward. God. It was brutal. It was like Kim Nash, AC Green, Robert Peck, and man, it, God, it, it was real bad. And Kirk, uh, it, I'm gonna tell you about another bad season when they lost everybody. You know, back in '87 when they had kind of like that super team. I think I, I could be wrong. I think Aguirre left first, and then it was like Dallas Shrimp, then Sam Perkins, uh, maybe Ron Harper, and I think Blackman was the last one to leave. Um, and Donaldson had left also. Uh, only person that had stuck around was like Mark Davis, and that's why he has, you know, I think that's why his jersey retired because um, he, he stuck around through it all. And plus, he was one of the early vets. But man, it, it went down fast and it was terrible. Um, they rebuilt, you know, after that, they got, you know, uh, Jimmy Jackson and Kidd, and, and they, you know, and then they lost that team and then it went to that 98. But that's just the flows of, of Dallas basketball, man. John, John in the chat says 1987 Mavs super team. Guys, for those of you who don't know, the reason the uh, the rule exists about trading draft picks in consecutive years exists because the Dallas Mavericks fleeced the Cleveland Cavaliers so badly that the Cavs or the Mavs is an expansion team. They went from an expansion team to being in the West Conference Finals in eight years. That should not have happened with the talent that was in the league at that point. The Mavs just collected an unbelievable group of players because the Cavs were so stupid. <laughs> and remember, Dallas had drafted Mark Price. 
um, that year and, and right. sent I them mean, up I'm to Cleveland. I'm convinced this is why the Mavericks mm-hmm. fall in the lottery now every year because they're paying for the sins of the 80s. God, they are, man. Um, but they had, I don't know, they had so much upside. Uh, but, but back to my point, it just it just goes like that. If you think they had the the 01, 02 team, they had a lot of veterans, but it, it, they still were pretty good. And then after they had their tenure run in the playoffs, and it just dips. So um, hopefully we'll see an upside again. Yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep watching. But uh, just, just on the basketball part, I mean, uh, I don't know. I'm just watching it now, like, you know, the upside is we have, you know, Hardy, he's coming around, Green's coming around, and, and like I said last time, uh, Luca's coming around too. Um, but I'm also just watching teams is pretty much just walk and score two points. And uh, Chuck brought that up on the, on the radio feed. He's like basically saying here's Golden State with another, you know, another two points. Um, but they don't have the they don't have athleticism to trap those dudes. They don't have the speed to you know to really play man, and they don't have the you know the defensive uh, prowess like a Draymond Green or something to you know have somebody switch on zones that could really get from one place to another. So um, they got to depend on a lot of shooting. And, and luckily tonight, you know, you know, guys kind of stepped up. So um, it'll be interesting to see how this part you know kind of kind of phase out. But um, Hopefully Dallas doesn't make the same. If Josh Green keeps to continue to progress, hopefully they'll make the same mistake that they did with, with Jalen and kind of sew him up. Hopefully, you know, next year, because I believe the year after next, he'll be a free agent and, you know. And be in the- so the, this is this is a good the, – they locked him up to a longer deal because uh, they did not give um, JaVale McGee the full mid-level exception. They kept a little on the side. So I'm pretty sure that Hardy is locked up for four years. That's good. That's good, man. And because man, those, the God, I don't know. Some of those contracts are just forever. Tim seems like it's forever. Bertans is forever. It's like Reggie's contract is forever too. And there's so much money on those contracts. I mean, they're gonna have to build from you know young talent because it's gonna be. I don't know who they could fleece to take those those bad contracts. <laughs> so that's right. Well, thanks for hanging out, Brandon. Man, appreciate it. Take, take care. Talk soon. All right, coming up. Last but not least. An OG who has waited too long. Sam, what's up? Oh, no, you're good, Kirk. I'll be quick because I know it's late. But um, to be honest, I don't really care about the game anymore. Like, <laughs> at this point, they lost the game, and I'm convinced they're not going to be no higher than seven now. So, like, I'm kind of resigned myself to that fact at this point. So, it's neither here nor there. Calls are bad on both sides. Like, Mavis got screwed more. Like you said, that Josh Green play, like that was clearly a foul. He just ran into old dude and they didn't call it. So I don't, you know, it it is what it is. I don't protest. Do what you want. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I don't care. But I think the larger point that we were kind of talking about earlier was with um with Luca. Now, I want to compare him to Joel Embiid because when he came into the league, obviously he was hurt the first couple of years. And then when he started playing, you know, he was doing his thing. Everybody was talking about it. He was like, oh, he's the next Hakeem Olajuwon and this or that. And then they were getting to the playoffs. But, you know, they, were, they weren't really doing a whole lot. And then they got into the bubble, and then they got swept by Boston. And then after that, they said, okay, well, Joel was like at that point, you know, i got to take things more seriously. They ended up hiring Doc Rivers. And I, I can't remember the quote exactly, but Doc told him, you know, you can be the MVP if you just take everything seriously and just do your thing. And he did. And he would have won MVP if he didn't get hurt that year because Jokic won it. But I think yep. he would have won if Jokic or if he didn't get hurt. So what needs to happen in the offseason is I don't know who is that person that could tell Luca, listen, bro, chill your shit. <laughs> At this point, like, I have to get 
I'm, I'm just not sure when we're going to get it because as a couple of people pointed out, the Slovenian fans, and they're 100% correct on this, he, he goes and plays international ball and he just doesn't get recovery and building time. He still manages a way to improve, like find a ways to improve his game, but he doesn't get that. There's not like that, that three-month training period from Luca where he's getting his body together because he's always going and playing international. And that's true, but even that, I think it's more of a mental thing because somebody could just talk to him and say, hey, if you can mention, because he has it in him because he always says the right things. You know, he says he needs to stop complaining to the refs. He needs to stop doing this, that. So he's saying it, but he's just not doing it. Something needs to, somebody needs to get into his head and say, listen, you need to say what you do, not do what you, you know, you know what I'm saying, but you need yeah. to do what you say. Stop complaining because at this point, I'm a fan. Like, I love Luca, but that's just annoying at this point. It's like, bro, yeah. every time. And, you know, with the whole money side things, like, dude, you're just making yourself look crazy. Everybody laughs at the organization at this point. I see people on Twitter just making fun of the Mavericks because, oh, now they're complaining about a game where they have more free throws and more foul calls. It's like, bro, what are we doing? It's just top to bottom. The organization is looked like a, as a joke. And that's why nobody takes it seriously because we went to the Western Conference Finals last year and then look what happened. Now we're, we're fighting just to stay Hell, not even in a 7-8. We're 9-10 at this point. And we don't have tiebreaker with Golden State. We don't have a tiebreaker with Minnesota. We don't have a tiebreaker with OKC. So it's like we got to literally – if we lose one of these next three games, we're, we're in the plan if we're lucky. You know? yeah. like, if that's so correct, that, if we're lucky. Right, because, I mean, they still yeah, got to play the Sixers Lakers. one more time. Like, that's going to be hard. That's yeah, going to be hard out. We still got to play the Bulls. We're trying to stay in the plan in the East. And it's like, yeah, we we still got these games that are tough. And if we, if if somehow we don't make the playoffs, you know, I don't want to talk about kid at this point because it's just tiring. But I don't know if they would fire him. But it's like it's inexcusable, you know. What what what? You know, I take that back. It's not inexcusable because the roster's so damn bad. Well, Luca had to go Super Saiyan mode for half the season. <laughs> you know, we. we I mean, and it was really it was really fun. It was really fun, but we saw the limits of it. And it that like that seven game win streak was so much fun and so fucking fraudulent that I, I have a hard time reconciling it because the Mavericks since that win streak have gone, they have, they went up, they, there were, there were something like six games over 500 at that point because they were one game under when they started that win streak in December. And then they have basically like, there's something like it's real bad because obviously they're back under 500. It, it's it's very upsetting when you think about this season in, in a whole. Oh yeah, and I mean, that seven game win streak was against some of the worst teams in the league and Luka literally had to go off just for us to barely win the game by like five to yeah. most of the time. So, it, it's like I said I said it before, you know, for the expectations, this is probably the worst mass season of all time. <laughs> just with everything that's going on and um yeah, like Kurt, it's it's hard to care at this point, but you know I'm still gonna watch. I guess I'm a masochist. I, you know, I have to torture myself. But that we you know. are, man. Thanks so much yeah. for hanging out. Oh yeah, yeah. You have- All right. Anybody that's listening this this far is is really a hardcore fan. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let you all in on a little bit of a secret. So over the next couple of weeks, Josh Bow and I are going to be trying some new stuff. We're going to eventually go to uh, we're going to be you know we're we're here on. Um, we're here on Spotify Live, but Spotify Live, as far as I understand it, might not be getting support in the future. I want to keep doing live shows, so what are we going to be doing? Um, there's an opportunity for me to use a, uh, a different live service 
and we're going to be streaming probably through YouTube at a certain point. I have, I've went ahead and set up a podcast feed, uh, or I'm sorry, a, uh, a YouTube page for Pod Maverick. Um, I've not been able to necessarily search it on, on YouTube, but it is something that I am trying to, to put together and, and see if we can, um, you know, get something together there. I'll be sharing some more links. I'll probably do at least a few more of these and then be sharing the links in the show notes and that sort of thing. But I would be very interested if you, Ben in the chat asks if I'm joining OnlyFans. Um, Only Maps would be the, the name of the show. Uh, but it, it's, it will stream through, I want to say YouTube. It's, it's, I want to, StreamYard is the name of the service. Uh, I've seen some other shows use it. It's pretty fun. We can still do stuff like this where people come up. I, I'm pretty sure you can still do it through your phone. Um, we'll we'll be able to figure. So, is there a chat? Jeremy asks, and yes, there is a chat. That was a key component of something I looked for because that's been my favorite part of this show, as opposed to Spaces. Um, I know a lot of people enjoy Twitter Spaces. It is not for me. Is is outside of being the occasional guest, I can't manage a show the way that we have have done here. Um, so we're going to be kind of like it's not necessarily an expansion, but obviously you guys have noticed the show name change and the the feed change and the photo. And so we're going to be trying some new things in that regard over the next several weeks and probably into the summer. We probably should have done this earlier, but you guys know Josh and I have day jobs, so it's like really hard to fit all this stuff in and still be able to not get killed by our wives. So thank you so much for uh, for hanging out. Um, be looking for, for, you know, me sharing some new options, head over to Matt's Moneyball. Josh Bo's recap absolutely slayed me. It was so funny and good. Uh, you guys be good. And we will talk again on Friday night. Go Mavs. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.